Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. Listen, you have been ignoring me all week, and I, I think I know why. Why? Because I sent you an email totally out of guilt that I was going to go see Ant-Man opening day. Now, you are going to go away with Blake for the weekend. Totally understand. He's going to get his I license. And I feel guilty because I'm about to miss out on the most amazing pool party ever. Yeah, sure. But we said in one of these podcasts... We would see Ant-Man on opening night, so I got tickets, but I knew you wouldn't be able to go, and you've been pissed off at me all week, haven't you? I haven't. I don't believe you. I see the daggers. You, you wrote me that email. It's been kind of a crazy week in, in general. I think I just have been bad at emails and in general everything. And I mean, it's still fairly early in the week. Anyway, regardless of all of this... Um, I was planning on responding to your email to ask if I can tag along to the Ant-Man because I totally forgot that we even promised that we would see it on opening night. And then, and, then, and then you told me that opening night is this Friday, which is the past Friday for those of you who are listening. Yes, the Friday before the Monday this comes out because we're recording on a Wednesday so before we're, the Monday. We're in the past. And Ant-Man comes out in the... Friday. You're in the future and Ant-Man is somewhere in between. That's right. So crazy as time traveling. <laughs> so what's new with you besides your anger for me and Ant-Man? I'm not angry. I swear to God. I was going to be like, can I be Whatever. Third you know wheel? how guilty I, I get and I feel. And you see these emails and you're like, you know what? I'm going to make him feel that way. I really, I was, it was just, I have had a lot of meetings that I've had to sit through this week. It's been kind of crazy. Anyway, I do have some news. Ooh. I have a celebrity crush. Oh, okay. Who? what? Okay, guess. Her? Is it a she? No, it's a boy. <gasps> it's a she, you vixen. It's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> uh, his name is Will Wheaton. I'm not sure oh if you've my ever gosh. heard of Are him. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I officially have the biggest Ugh. crush on Will Wheaton. Uh, so on your recommendation, I got onto the Toronto Public Library's waiting list for the audiobook rendition of Ready Player One. Yes! Read by Will Wheaton, and I cannot tell you how much of a pleasure it is to listen to his voice. All of a sudden, he is so attractive to me. I've never, never has anyone ever read a book so well. I, I can't believe it. He's He doesn't make those stupid girl voices that even Jeremy Irons did in his reading of Lolita, which after that, I pretty much gave up on listening to fictional audiobooks because I thought everyone sucks. But no, Will Wheaton is like He's a like, breath of fresh air. He is a god amongst audiobooks. He is a god amongst audiobook readers. He, he and I have emotes. To, he's a proper actor. Can I just say, if you are listening to this podcast and you don't know what Ready Player One is, I urge you to either read the book, but more importantly, you should check out this audiobook that Will Wheaton reads. Ready Player One is an incredible sci-fi adventure. It looks like Spielberg might be picking up the rights for the movie. What? I know. 
I and hope that Will, Will Wheaton is in it. And Will Wheaton's reading of this sci-fi romp is amazing. I already said sci-fi romp, but that is how good it is. It is amazing, and he is so amazing. And I have to tell you, as a general rule, I hate listening to fiction. Trust me. I think it might be better to listen to this than read it. It will. This book will change your mind about how you look at World of Warcraft, The Sims, any of those games where Second Life, any yeah. of those games where you are in the game, living a life inside a game, this flips that notion on its head in such a neat way. It's so funny how you see it that way. I see it as like our inevitable future. Like it really felt like, oh yeah, I could totally, this is like, slightly alternate reality to what we're living in and slightly in the future. And as not a gamer, I've never been more enthralled by games. And now I kind of want to start dabbling in the gaming community. So if anyone has any like no, recommendations. No, Ivana. I want to just try it out. No, you have such an addictive personality. This will not go well. This will go very well. <laughs> Somebody tell me a game I should learn to play. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a nerd battle. And this week we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. It is the best geek to chic makeover ever in a movie. Ivana, start us off. Clearly, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy in the movie Clueless, the 1995 classic. Okay, look, Clueless is an amazing movie. And Ty is a terrific makeover. But it does not hold a candle to my pick, which is Cal, played by Steve Carell from Crazy Stupid Love. Not only is he way more deserving of a makeover than Ty, he is hurting so bad emotionally from his wife banging another dude. He needs the help of Jacob, played by Ryan Gosling. You know what? I grant that he perhaps needed that makeover more than Ty needed it, but that is the point of Clueless. She didn't need a makeover. She was a perfectly good, normal human being on the outset, and she got that makeover regardless. In fact, it worked so well that she went from being a very nice, sweet, innocent girl to actually kind of a queen bee and a little bit of a bee word. Cal basically showed up at the mall as Charlie freaking Brown. He basically was wearing Charlie Brown oversized shirt with uh, his tie freaking... to with her oversized plaid shirt. He's a grown man who owns a Velcro wallet. Yeah, I feel Straight like Straight up, he is way more deserving. And she's a cokehead and a total stoner. When do you see that she's a cokehead in the movie? Uh, when she's like, no shit, you guys got coke here? And then Cher goes, yeah, this is America, as she picks up her can of Coca-Cola. What do you think she was referring to? I know when we were, like, super young and watching that movie, we thought it was literally the Coca-Cola beverage, but in reality, she was talking about the white powder. Mm. All right, well, that's got some kind of deep, scary credit for Ty and, you know, drug use, 
in Clueless is is well, she's, mild. She's, she's a complete stoner and druggie on, in the beginning of the movie, but who's super nice. Then she gets taken under the wing of these two girls who are, let's be honest, totally clueless with their priorities pretty all out horrible. of whack. Pretty horrible. They're not horrible. Fairy, they are pretty horrible fairy godmothers. They're not Jacob, horrible. Jacob trying to teach Cal how actually to be a man for once because he's been in his wife's, his ex-wife, sorry, pocket for years and years. And he's only had sex the one time. You mean with the one person, not the one time. It counts he has two as once. He has two children. That it is counts not... as once. What? <laughs> I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And by the I end like of the movie. I feel like you lose this battle based on that argument alone. And by the end of the movie, he's had sex at least ten times. Ten bad sexes is nowhere near as good as one monogamous tons and tons of sexes. We don't know that it's bad. Uh, it looks like I'm he's pretty sure that we watched time. a lot of those situations, and he didn't look like he was having that much fun. And a lot of those sexual sexcapades, 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 sexcapades. Let's go with that one. I like that one. A lot of them turn out really not well for him, and at the end of the day, he's still in love with his wife. But that's not even that's we're getting off topic here. Oh no, we're on topic. The reason why Ty has the best makeover has a lot to do with the fact that her makeover is kind of the opposite of a makeover. You're talking about all the ways that he's improving. Well, she completely degrades her character. The fact that she's even tries to do like things that seem like they could make her a better person, but they don't. But in reality, the beautiful thing about her makeover is that it goes kind of full circle. In the end, she becomes a whole person and creates an amalgamation, a new tie that is part stoner, part popular girl, beyond the classifications of who's cool and who's not. She's just true to herself. And Cal's, I think that's beautiful. It's very lovely. But Cal's makeover, not only by the end of the film do we realize Cal has got his manhood back, he has his confidence, he is not wearing running shoes anymore because a grown man with only running shoes is ridiculous. And if you are listening and you're a grown man who only has one pair of shoes and running shoes, you need to check yourself right now. Cal, at the end of the movie, also helped to make over Jacob. This is a full symbiotic relationship. Uh, yes, as well as the symbiotic relationship that Cher and Ty have, Cher becomes a totally deep person. She stops just caring about clothing and outward appearances and dating the right guys and starts to ask herself, who is the actual personality of the person that I want to date? And am I actually a good person or am I just reading word of the day calendars to but see? But that's not because Ty got a makeover. Yes, it all. No, really, it isn't. It, it is because are you she me? finally starts trying to do things that are not selfish uh, and selflessly gives to a donation table thing. But why do you think she, she comes starts... to that realization? She gets into a giant fight with Ty, a huge fight, where Ty calls her a virgin who can't drive. And the only thing that Cher can think to do in her misery at the monster that she has created, she because it's kind of like Emma, right? The book that yep, it's based it's off based of. On so Emma. she creates this monster through this makeover, then she realizes, oh my gosh, I molded this person to be created in my own image, and I realize that my own image 
is not good. I don't know. I think you're reaching. Are, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That's not reaching. That's plot. Cal's just better because it's Steve Carell. And he's in a midlife kind of crisis. And it's a more realistic If you were story maybe talking about clueless. how Ryan Gosling was better, I would maybe believe you. But... You don't get Ryan Gosling without Cal. Yeah, you do. In that film, you do not. You get him because Cal is so pathetic. He's going from table to table to table telling everybody that his wife has cheated on him until he gets to Ryan Gosling's table. And he goes, yeah, 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 I know your wife cheated on you. How could I, a perfect stranger, know that? You know why? Because the last two days, that's all you've done. That's all you've done. And he, and he takes Cal under his wing Throws out his Velcro wallet in the most hilarious manner ever. And we get this amazing, better dressed man who by the end of the movie is also better dressed than Ty. So it equals a better makeover and a better story altogether. What geek to chic makeover is your favorite? And did one of us pick it? Was it Ty from Clueless or was it Cal from Crazy Stupid Love? Let us know. Have you been seeing all these amazing Pluto pictures this week? I have. It's so awesome. I don't understand how Pluto became not a planet. Me too. It's big enough, people. Let's just vote Pluto back into planet sphere. I hope we do. There was an awesome picture where you could see that the moon, Pluto's moon, was bigger than the actual planet, though. I know, but like... Is that just perspective? I assume that was just the perspective of the photo because doesn't the moon have to be smaller simply so that it can revolve around its planet? Maybe the moon is Pluto and we messed up. What? what? <gasps> oh man, so much space. Speaking of space, Mars One. Yes, there is a mission <laughs> called Mars One. If you haven't heard of Mars One, we're sending a <laughs> bunch of people to Mars. It's been in the news for, I think, like two years now. Wait, wait, wait. Can we just discuss how that was <laughs> the, the worst? Segway ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I just wanted to talk about Mars One. I And don't get me wrong. I agree. Like all this talk about Pluto, I've actually been thinking about this Mars One mission a little bit more. Of course, we're sending a bunch of people to colonize Mars, and they've got they've got a lot of rules. Yeah, who knew that they would have so many rules? Rule number one: no sex on Mars. I think this is awful. Wait, before we even go there, would you go to Mars? No, I'm not going to Mars. There's no sex on Mars. I have a feeling, though, there's no way that they're, that rule is going to stick. First of all, the Mars mission is also going to become a reality TV show. How is that not going to include sex? Well, it's not like it's The Bachelor. It's going to be a bunch of astronauts in space. Yes, astronauts in space, but astronauts that could have any prior career. I mean, there's that really awesome Iranian woman that... Um, there's going to be a link below. You can follow it. She's interviewed, and she's one of the finalists for the mission to Mars. And she's not a traditional uh, astronaut yet, but if she gets chosen, she will become one. And she'll go up there with no sex. She's okay with it, too. Here's the thing. It's a one-way ticket. 
You are not getting off Mars ever. Ever. Your job is to go up there, try and make it livable, and die up there. That is exactly it. So, what would my end goal be if I went to Mars? I would love to be the first person to have sex on two planets. I don't care how many continents people here have had sex on. I don't care how many states, how many countries. Nobody, as far as I'm aware, has had sex on two different planets. <laughs> you are so right. There's no way that they can actually prevent people from having sex. And I'm sure that everyone who has agreed to this rule is like, yeah, right, what are you going to do? Take me home? There is no ride home. Exactly. So there can't be a rule not to have sex. You can say it as much as you want on the planet Earth. Everyone knows this is a bogus rule. Just if, make sure that everybody has vasectomies or their tubes tied or however And that is their reasoning. So if you go to the Mars One website, their reasoning is that they they don't want us to have babies in Mars because there's not enough research done. And also, wouldn't you want to be the first woman on a planet to have sex on two planets? Oh, are you kidding me? Absolutely. When you After mentioned me. that. After me. Oh, you have to do it first. I'm going to do it first. So you and Becky will be like, hold on, everyone in Mars. We're being the first ones. I, I think there's got to be the whole space ride up. Everyone must figure out a pairing of, like, all the people that are going on to space. And they're like... Well, of course. Then, it's like a nine-year journey or something crazy like that. And then they can start to play games for, like, who's going to be the first ones to do it and who's going to get the title of first couple to have sex on Mars. So I I'm guess, not listening to anybody. I'm just going to do it, claim it for my own, and, yeah, I am the first Well, you know what? Ever if Blake and I are also planets. into Mars, we're also going to be fighting you for this journey. We're barely going to, like, land and we'll be doing it. All right, we've gone off the rails here. <laughs> <laughs> Who should have sex on Mars Oh my first? gosh, we aren't asking that question. <laughs> Mary, do ditch Comic-Con wrap-up. Yep, it has to happen. You know everybody is looking up Comic-Con online. They're checking out the Suicide Squad and the Batman versus Superman trailers and all the cool practical effects from Star Wars. So... We just had to throw it in here now. We're not talking about the trailers or the pilots or any of that. We're saying, which characters would you marry, do, or ditch? So let's start with Will Smith as Deadshot in Suicide Squad, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor from Batman vs. Superman, or Harrison Ford reprising the role of Han Solo in Episode 7. I'm going to choose to marry Lex Luthor. Okay. I'm going to do Deadshot. Oh my gosh, okay. And I'm ditching Han Solo. You just lost like 800 Twitter followers, maybe half of your Twitter followers, <laughs> which isn't 800, it's a lot more, but they're gone now. Well, I am gonna start with uh, marrying Han Solo because I want to spend the rest of his days in the Millennium Falcon flying around the galaxy. <laughs> I am going to ditch Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor because he's Lex Luthor, and Will Smith and I, you know, we'll share a 
intimate night of biracial gay love. <laughs> <laughs> Time for the latest. All right. We have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, Daisy Ridley as Rey in Star Wars, and Melissa Benoist as Supergirl in Supergirl. Well, I am marrying Supergirl. I'm gonna do Rey from Star Wars. She is gorgeous and that means that i am ditching margot robbie as harley quinn because basically that trailer was like the harley quinn movie and it turned me right off really yep huh uh i am also going to be ditching margot robbie as harley quinn mostly though because harley quinn is crazy and i just don't want to deal with that however i'm marrying Daisy Ridley as Ray, and I am going to do Melissa Benoist as Supergirl because it's Supergirl, and I'm that'd be awesome. You could maybe like have sex while flying. Maybe that would be the first thing you'd do. Absolutely. <laughs> this week we watched a television series. It was awkward. It was awkward, literally. Badumch. Oh my gosh, are you really doing the air drums? <laughs> yeah. There's not enough room in this fort for air drums. There's no boom in the fort. We watched MTV's Awkward, which is exactly what it is in this fort right now. Super awkward. <laughs> is it awkward that I don't I don't get it and I don't feel any awkwardness? Oh, you don't get it? I'm not feeling any awkwardness. I feel like this fort is lovely. It is lovely. But you're dying of I'm heat. dying of some heat as always in a fort. <laughs> but like it's been epically bad ever since summer hit. It has been really bad. And your AC just coming back. It's not helping. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, what did you think? Did you like this television show? Do you think that MTV has captured the teenage condition? I do. And I'm amazed that there's five seasons of this because it is a high school show. And there's a lot of places this can go because they're only in their sophomore year. I loved how it started. It's a, I, spoilers, there is a beautiful little funny love scene sort of between the main love interest and Jenna, who is our awkward teen. Um, and a lot of bad things happen to Jenna in this series, but I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, I think I, I just think it's an endearing show. It's one of the first scripted series that MTV brought to market uh, since they started making original shows. And I think that they really did a good job. Like they kind of broke the mold when it came to reality TV with The Hills and Laguna Beach and then Jersey Shore. Like they really hit it out of the park. And then people got kind of bored of watching train wrecks of people. And then they said, you know what? Let's start doing scripted series. And this was one of their first. And honestly, I think such a smart move on their part because now Scream is coming out and everyone can't wait. And the MTV scripted series is becoming as important to teenagers as the CW or AMC or any of those kinds of shows. Yeah, no, absolutely. I also thought it was really interesting that all the different archetypes are different kinds of girls. So the bully of the school, but also the most popular girl in school is kind of a larger girl. And I thought that was kind of neat 
whereas the awkward girl who is the outcast is gorgeous. And sure, socially, she's a little off. But hey, we were all offbeat back in high school. I'm sure you fit into the high school stratosphere differently than I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that this actually reminded me of what it was like to be in high school a lot. Like, I felt like it was quite true to form in that we had, um, you know, people in the A group, as some may call it, that were larger girls, but they were there because they had money and they were mean and they kind of lorded over others and that's how they got their popularity versus there were other people such as my best friend Nikki who we became friends in grade 10 so I guess that's the same as when this show starts yeah and similar to Jenna she was this really beautiful girl especially from like a traditional sense um but because she was shy and she what came from Hungary and wasn't a Canadian you know, she maybe wasn't as popular as some of the more rich and Canadian girls. How about you? Where, where, where did you fit in? Uh, well, the first half of high school, I fit into the nerd category, I think, um, until girls started liking me, I guess, in when I was 16. So uh, grade 11-ish. I see people from high school still. And I kind of am interested, after watching Awkward, in asking them what they thought of me in high school or what my identifier was. Like, OAC year, I was voted most likely to join the Army. Me. What? Yeah. What school did you go to that firstly votes you to be most likely to join the Army and secondly has a category called what most likely to join the army it was insane but i think do you remember home improvement yes you remember al borland yeah remember how he would salute people yeah i kind of did that a lot <laughs> with the two finger salute i also i didn't care about how i looked at all i didn't do my hair so i just kept it short so i'm wondering if they saw the buzz cut they saw me do my little salute and they were like, oh, yeah, most likely to go to the Army. Ah, oh, that makes sense. I just have to introduce really quickly next week's dramatic sci-fi thriller that we're going to be watching. It's called Ex Machina or Ex Machina. I'm not quite 100% sure. I, I think I it's Ex Machina. I think it might be Ex Machina as well. Um, it just came out on DVD. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. I'm actually bashing my head in. It's got a massive score on Rotten Tomatoes. When the critics saw it, when it first came out in theaters, people were overjoyed with this film. And we are gonna, we're going to rent it, we're going to watch it, and we're going to talk about it next week. Uh, that movie, again, is Ex Machina, and it is from 2015. It's going to be one of our uh, movies that we watch from the year we're actually in. You know, while you're enjoying the Ant-Man premiere in a large movie theater of packed people. With I'll popcorn. Be alone. In 3D. By myself at Blake's parents' cottage in the covers of a bed, probably watching Ex Machina on my laptop, sobbing. Well, you know, you can think about your journey to Mars and how you're going to get laid first, so that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Did I guilt you at all? Did you get any pang of guilt from that? No. 
Not at all. Not at all. Damn it! Reddit advice corner. Uh, That, I think, is my favorite one. Yay! (laughs) So I was able to track down a Reddit advice story this week for you. Yay! So we are going to help throw away 48948. Are you seriously reading it? No. Throw away, etc. F. His title to his plea for help is lied in my job interview. Help, please. And here is throwaway story. Okay, so I had a job interview at a grocery store and I'm 18 years old. My dad got me the job interview by knowing a guy that works at the bank in the grocery store. And shortly before the interview, that that guy said not to say I was going to college. So in my job interview, I said I was not going to college when truthfully, I am in five weeks. I don't know what I should do because I feel it would be incredibly awkward if I submitted my two weeks notice of quitting just after working for three weeks of saying that I'm actually going to college. I have training for that job this Friday and I need your help on what to do. Ivana, how do you help the liar? Oh my God, this is so easy. First of all, you did the right thing. You would not have gotten that job. You wouldn't have gotten the job. He doesn't need the job. He's going to college in five weeks. He needs the job because he has to save up money for college so that he can have some spending money and maybe even go drinking a little bit. Oh, wait, not if you live in the States, though, because then you have a few more years. Don't drink, kids. It's not like people wait till the legal age to start. Listen, don't encourage that, Ivana. Am I saying that I'm encouraging it? I'm just stating a fact. Please drink responsibly. See, that is better advice, because that's like (laughs) actually advice that someone might listen to. Anyway. Back to the liar. You did the right thing, throwaway. Um, First of all, you wouldn't have gotten the job if you hadn't lied. And second of all, nobody says that you have to fess up and say you're going to college when you quit. And the third thing is you can do the half lie, which is what I actually recommend. So three weeks in, submit your two weeks notice and say, I was waitlisted in school. I didn't think I had any chance of getting in. I'm in. I have to go. It's an opportunity of of a lifetime. The people who work there will support you. They will feel proud of you for being waitlisted Uh, and then going to college. I I have to stop this. I have to stop this run-on sentence. I disagree. You lied in a job interview, dude. You are supposed to be honest with your employer. One, if wait, wait, where does it weeks, say that? Where, where is there a rule to say you have to be honest with your employer? Are they being honest, honest with, with you? How about being truthful with yourself? I can't believe that you took a job that you could only work three weeks at. That Five is weeks. ridiculous. I will agree that that does seem a little crazy. I mean, why didn't you get this like two months? Totally worth it. Five totally weeks. Totally worth it. Not that worth it. And not to mention, this isn't like you were working at a dealership for five weeks. The pay you're going to get for working five weeks at a grocery store is probably not going to be enough to do much of anything in college, let alone drink. But okay, so here's the thing though. He does mention that his dad got him the job interview. So this could be a situation where his father is really pressuring him to get a job. You know what? You're right. You're right. Throw away, you're not to blame here. Your dad is to blame. Your dad is a jerk face for making you lie. 
I mean, look, lies are a part of life. We all do them all the time. But nobody should make you lie for anything. Uh, well, okay. Firstly, the workplace is a place of lies. Okay. As far as advice, Ivana is right. You can't, you got to give them a half truth at this point because you lied. I don't know. I, I like the fair play of here is who I am. Here's what I've accomplished. And if you don't want me, you don't want me. But, fair enough. But for throwaway, I say you listen to Ivana's advice. She's way better at lying than I am. Lies. <laughs> That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us again next Monday. If you'd like to reach out to tell us anything that's on your mind, you can check us out at friendselephants.com. You can also check us out on Facebook slash Friends Elephants. Email us at friendswithelephants at mail.com. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. And please remember, rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, archive.org, however it is that you're listening to us. We really would appreciate it if you could click that subscribe button, if you could rate our podcast and throw us any comments and feedback that you have. We really love to hear from you. It actually is a really big deal in the online world and you can totally make us grow and be better for you every single week. And we will be back next Monday. Okay. It's time to get out of this fort. It's because so hot. I swear to God, guys, you can't, you're, you should be lucky that you can't see this, but I think Jay's melting beside I me. I am melting. It's disgusting. <laughs> I do not feel very good at all. all right. I probably look just like, remember that scene from X-Men where that guy came out of the water and then he melted on the beach? I probably look like that guy. You do. <laughs> all right. <sighs> time to get out of here. Freedom! Freedom!